morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm James Hancock. Here we are at episode 30. And for that, I'm joined by Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Great to be here, James. And also Suzanne Gavilovic. Thanks, welcome. James. Welcome. I'm happy to be here, too. Here for the treble, <laughs> number three. Awesome. Super excited. This week, we are going straight in to the topic of mental health. Now, Rhonda, you were speaking about mental health yesterday at the Workplace Mental Health Symposium in Brisbane. Yes. Awesome. And so I loved the topic of that presentation, Beyond a Pop Plant and Open Plan, Rethinking Work So It Works. Yes. It was actually the most amazing two days of conference. Yeah. Because it was everything from rural doctors and practitioners that are dealing with really unique sets of context and difficult situations, right through to practitioners in CBDs, mm. right through to people who've got their own personal mental health stories to tell, and people who've gone from a personal mental health story across into making mental health in workplaces their life's work. And some fantastic examples. But even in the room, the whole mm. audience was just this group of really positive people who were so determined to make a difference in this space and so open. It was just, it was great to be there. So the feedback we're already getting through social media and our website and via email is so positive. Yeah. We wish we could have been there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you would have loved it. You would have absolutely loved it. That's okay. We also love Sydney. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. what we're going to try and do today is replicate it in sunny Sydney. So we've put a bit of the agenda that you used yesterday together and we'll yes. have a bit of chat through it. So this is how it's going to go down. A little story on mental health from the Netherlands. That'll be you, Rhonda. Yeah, that's like an epiphany moment for me. Yeah, it's awesome. I have heard this one before, but I'm excited again. We're going to Thank talk you. about dying for a paycheck. We're yes. going to talk about what's happening in the workplace now. Yes. What could be happening and what can you do about this today? Yes. I like, I like that agenda. That's it. So let's do it. Rhonda, Netherlands. So, Netherlands. Talk to us. I get to the Netherlands in, in 2000 and I had just moved there. And I think when you're in a country, you think that's how the world is. Mm. And it's only when you step outside and live somewhere else that you suddenly realize you, your country might have something very right or very wrong yep. or just very different. When I first arrived in the Netherlands, two things were fascinating. One is um, they actually have this coffee machine that goes on your on your laptop and so uh -huh. as you're working I go would you like a coffee and you go oh I would and you pick one and then someone scurries away and you take turns of getting it so that was pretty quirky thing to have in that mm. but is that a good one or a bad one I, I thought, thought that's great, great. Yeah. I had never yeah. drank coffee before but now of course it's a lifelong addiction from that moment <laughs> yes. so. yeah good but and bad the <laughs> other thing that was really interesting was um, their attitude to mental health and I didn't realize how wrong Australia had it until I went to live there so one of my team actually came and spoke to me and she said, look, you know, Rhonda, I'm really not feeling very well at the moment. I need to go walking for a few days, get out into nature mm -hmm. and, and really get my head back on straight and I'll be back on Monday. And I said, okay. Now in Australia, that would be a very private conversation and as a caring colleague or boss, you would yeah. absolutely go for your life, look after yourself. Like that would be mm, yeah. a private, quiet conversation. Yeah. And that's how I took it. Mm. Ten minutes later, she's packed up a bag. She's walking down the corridor on the way out. Just... See you later, guys. Yeah, see you later. And people are yelling out things like, yeah, go well. Get some nature. It's so important. I hope you're okay. Let us know if we can do anything. See you Monday. Good luck. Bye. Take wow. care. I'm wow. like, oh, my God. The whole team saw mental health as not just being her issue, but mm. a mutual shared responsibility where you actually looked after each other 
and yeah. it was an open conversation. It was it, it was liberating. I thought it was really fantastic. Amazing. And it really showed me in a heartbeat, just mm. in that example, how far away from that we are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The person probably would have exited quietly after a conversation with their boss or a close close peer at work or a friend. Exit stage left, you oh, know, very quietly. Where's such and such? Oh, they had to leave today. Yeah, and it's a matter to un, attend unexpected to. Unexpected appointment. Some stupid thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, very exactly. different. Well, I think that that uh, little example leads in quite nicely to dying for a paycheck, and the idea of shared responsibility could probably help there. Absolutely. What's it about, Suzanne? So that's a very interesting piece of work by Jeffrey Pfeffer from 2017. It suggests we could do a lot better if we shared responsibility for and changed the way we work. He looks at how we're working, our careers and working lives, the, the juggle, juggle yeah, yeah. way too many meetings and lots of travel, and he links that quite directly to the death rate. Yeah. Yep. So basically, work is hurting us. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. At the simplest right. level, that's exactly work right. is hurting us. And we so know it. And yep. I know an example we use all the time because people go, oh, technology is going to be fantastic. And you go... Technology could be, if we took the human experience and said, how do we want to enhance it, yep. help it, whatever. But we don't. We just use it for really odd reasons. And the worst use we've got at the moment, which we use all the time as an example, mm. is how we're using it for recruitment. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, was, I was part of the team that put the first robotic interviews into Australia, so I feel somewhat responsible, but I'm sure that people would have done it even if I hadn't. But what we've now got is a massive, massive rejection machine. Yes. Mm. And our estimate is somewhere between 95 and 96% of applicants are rejected. Yep. And that's thousands of people. Like we just took an example from two companies in one year. Yep. And the figure was just under 300,000. So 300,000 people not getting a job and being rejected very, very quickly via technology yep. is really going to lead to a fair degree of anxiety and I think quite sadness for the next generation that's dealing with that every day. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and so sort of despite all of this stuff, we keep seeing wackier things. So it's not just recruitment that we're looking at. Yeah. You have one of the favourites. <laughs> I, I hear people talk about this one every day. So, And I've been to a lot of them. Yeah. I've had my share of brown bag lunches. Yes. And I think when you talk to people about it, you go, it's sharing information and knowledge. And it is. But it's what happens to people that sweat on um, you know, missing out on that. Um, you know, I'm losing my lunch break. I might be working part time, and so you're asking for an hour of my time where I've got everything, you know, neatly planned <laughs> to do. So that, you ask me to work back. It's kind yeah. of, it's sort of like that's this. how someone described it, didn't they? They said to us, "Grab bag lectures, grab and have to work back two hours to make up for the lunch break <laughs> I had." So yeah. it's sort of like, well, that didn't really solve anything. And yeah. it really ends up being just an additional stressor. Yeah, Additional exactly. stressor. And then when you fill in the survey, do you like brown bag lunches? It's hard to say, you know, do you like Christmas? You know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I like I like, lunch. I like the idea of what's in the brown bag, but then you have to bring your own anyway. So, yeah. 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 Uh, it's super interesting. And, th and then we see the office design sort of stuff as well, which is super interesting. We see cases of it around the world. You see the concrete, the purple furniture, those random uncomfortable lounges, a whole lot of stuff. And these open plan settings for hundreds of people. It works for some, it works for some scenarios, but I just find I like to know where people are sitting so I can go and talk to them. Yeah, well, you might need to talk to them to do the, the job. You don't need to need to collaborate with anybody. You need to collaborate with people who actually got something in common right with you, people. doing some common work here. Yeah. yeah. Relevant to your work. The yeah. other thing about that is that you can't, you don't, you can't actually find your own team sometimes. Yeah. No, and, and that's another one from yeah. the Netherlands. We saw activity-based working, and we've talked about this before, come yeah. in the Netherlands, and what we did was a series of questions about how we work and how the small or big the team needs to be, how we need to collaborate, when we collaborate, how we prefer to work. 
when it came in into mm. the workplace I was in Australia, we literally did it in groups of 240. Yes. Yeah. 240 said no one ever is a team. Like, it's just That's mad. Right. Yeah. And so you're it's really huge. looking for family groups of eight or so. Yeah. Absolute maximum numbers of families coming together at about 150 a tribe, and yeah. that's it. But we did it on hundreds, and no one could find anybody. So yeah. it, that's a bad idea. And what it did is just up the stress in the workplace as well, adding to everything Pfeffer told us yeah. was happening. So there's there's a lot of burdens and things we're facing in the workplace in life, sure. But there are some encouraging signs too, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's some there's some really good examples, and we're seeing things like if we look at the data on the future of work. The Bankers Curtin Economic Centre data, we're seeing things like we're rapidly moving to a four-day working week. That's a good thing. Yep. The reasons we're moving to that are because we that's how we prefer to work. So it's yep. not just a, oh, God, I lost a day of my week. My week. It's actually I prefer to work a four-day week. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a generation of people come in who want to work a couple of jobs at the same time. Yep. That makes work more interesting. You yep. can find more purpose in it. Yep. There's some lots of good things in there. That Choice to study through. as well came through. Choice There's a little study. bit of difference yep. in genders, but what we're seeing is, is that that trend to part-time work is happening at the same rate whether you're male or female. Yes. And despite the reasons, if you like. So, yes, um, absolutely. Pretty pretty cool. Yep. So, and we're also seeing that pattern come through in um, managers and professionals really prominently around flexibility, right? Yes. In that data set. So, cool. So, some things are going right. What can we, what what else can we do? What could work well, be? The other thing that, that we, we actually dwelt on at the conference last couple of days and I thought mm. was really valuable is that a lot of the time people go, okay, we've got to do this big strategy, which is yeah. great. Love a strategy, but you also need some action. Yeah. And so there's some things that we can really simply do. And what we're seeing a lot of is people making enormous plans of how do we deal with mental health? Overwhelming problem. Here's my thousands of things I've ever thought of about yeah. mental health. Yeah. But actually what we found from both the lived experience examples and from the academics and from the practitioners was this real clarity around the fact that to take action is really important. Yeah. So while we were there, we put forward three things from our perspective, which is that design of work. Yeah. Um, and, and they were three really simple things. The first one was space for conversation. Yeah. Um, the second one was time. Right. And and the third one was supporting leaders quite differently than we have in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think they're all really, really valuable. So making space for those conversations on mental health at work, simple and clear, but managers and colleagues are really fearful and saying of saying and doing the wrong thing. Yeah, but sometimes mm. a, a mental health conversation, the conversation we make space for is even the precursor to that, which is just, you know, I've noticed... Yeah. You look like you haven't had a bit of a hard time with your job at the moment. Is everything okay? Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And if we get comfortable having that conversation, then escalating that as things deteriorate or whatever is not that hard comparative to the fact that if we have to start that conversation when things are already diabolical. diabolical. Yeah. So I think that's that. Make space for conversations, good conversations. Yeah. Um, and just ask people how they're going. Yeah, and it comes through to connection as well, I think. So we've had a couple of different conversations on this podcast about connection we had one about disconnecting and we also had that one about continuous connection um, and sort of customers as well yeah and kind of what we found there is that even us in a smaller size business where we're pretty well aligned on most things was that we had some pretty dramatic differences in perceptions attitudes preferences all those sorts of things to connection which shows that that space and that connection to each other is of critical importance and that you need to know those differences to make sure you're working effectively with each other which yeah. seems simple, but I think that's what it is. Get to know each other. And that comes into that, how do we support leaders differently? Yep. And I think what we've done a lot of is people say, oh, we need, 
our leaders don't have difficult conversations and we need to teach them how to have difficult yeah. conversations. Yeah. And so the formula for a difficult conversation is so formulaic and awful yeah. that when someone goes to have a difficult conversation with you, you feel it. And yeah. you feel like you're being trapped or captured. <laughs> yeah. As opposed the formula to makes like it feel worse, it probably. It feels much worse. It's set up badly. And so we've always said, as you start to move leaders into a space where they care and know their team, to your point, James, mm. they need to be able to have normal conversations. They need to be comfortable to say, how was your weekend? And a lot of time when you're talking to leaders, you'll say to them, how much time in the last fortnight have you spent talking to people other than operational meetings? Yep. And the answer can be as low as half an hour. Mm. Yeah, That's small. pretty weird to mm. be spending eight hours a day every day with people and literally you can't find five minutes to go, how was your weekend? Yeah. How's life? <laughs> yep. Something funny. Hello Here's a joke even. I saw. <laughs> yeah. Or even worse, when the conversation is about the work and then they tack it on at the end. Oh, and by the way, how was your weekend? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, tick, I had to that's ask that right. question. It, it yeah. matters. Yeah. Yeah, just let people be fairly natural. And we think that that support for leaders then comes into having a very different conversation with their teams, with their people. Um, we call that belonging, but you can call it what you like. Yep. And it is about having a conversation with a person about the purpose of their work, the relationships they've got, make sure they've got some mates at work, some friends at work, um, and the agency and freedom they've got over their work, which is the things we talk about all the time, but also their accountability. What are you doing that's really important that you turn up, that people care that you turn up, that we mm. value you turning up? And mm. I think that's a super important conversation. Yeah, awesome, great key things. So to summarise and to take away, support leaders differently, something we're going to do. Allow a little bit of time for these conversations, not yep. just tack it on to the end of the meeting. Yeah. And have a different conversation around culture that goes to belonging, which includes purpose, relationships and agency. Yeah, I reckon that's really great. Cool. I think that was good, fun topic of mental health. I feel like yeah. we were almost at the conference. Yeah, Not absolutely. on stage, but we've got to sit around the table. Good. Yeah, we, we're going to get in touch with some of the people who spoke and really yeah. start to share some of their stories because they're really beautiful. Yeah, can't, beautiful wait, can't wait for that and can't wait for next week. What are we going to talk about? So we're going to talk about the Christmas party email. Yes. And yes. How one? Where are we going? <laughs> what are we doing? It does seem a touch early, but it's September. Christmas parties get organised now yep. and the venue will have an impact. So it's important. <laughs> and yes, it's sometimes amusing, James. Can't, can't wait. <laughs> Sounds fun. That's a wrap. Can't wait for next week. Big more from us. What?